0: You're listening to Advancing Our Church.
1: Another opportunity throughout the year, we asked people to tape themselves doing a Hail Mary or an Our Father of the Rosary and tons came in and we put together a giant rosary made up of people of all ages, sizes, colors. It was just a a really neat thing. So trying to do those same things, but maybe do them in a slightly different way.
0: Wow, lots of great ideas coming out of this episode. Welcome to Advancing Our Church, a Changing Our World podcast about Catholic stewardship, leadership, and advancement. And I'm your host, Jim Friend. And that was just a little preview from our panel discussion today. But before we go there, I hope that each of you had a wonderful All Saints Day celebration this week in your parishes. And today, I want to read a quote from St. Paul to the Corinthians, which appeared in the Office of Readings on All Souls Day. And I am reading from the 15th chapter, starting with verse 12 of St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians. And it reads, If Christ is preached as raised from the dead, how can some among you say there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then neither has Christ been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then empty too is our preaching. Empty too your faith. Then we are also false witnesses to God, because we testified against God. God, that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, neither has Christ been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is vain. You are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If for this life only we have hope in Christ, then we are the most pitiable people of all. And it goes on, but I, I want to stop there because that reading really spoke to me. And, and again, it was uh, a reading from All Souls Day this year in the Office of Readings, the Liturgy of the Hours. And when you think about that, if Christ was not raised from the dead, isn't that the theological premise of our faith? In fact, nothing else really matters. If Christ was not raised from the dead, then nothing else in our faith is really legitimate. Our entire Christian faith in fact is based on the fact that Jesus rose from the dead on the third day. So what does that mean for us today? Well, it means everything to us, doesn't it? But I I relate that to the fact that so many of us um so many of our parishioners are still struggling with the reason to come back to mass. And and, and when I talk about those parishioners, I'm really talking about those who really don't have too many things in the way of health challenges that would prevent them from coming to Mass. I'm talking about folks like you and me who may be coming to an office on a daily basis, maybe going in and out of a grocery store. Maybe you've had dinner or lunch at a restaurant. In other ways, you are functioning the way you used to before the pandemic, but for some reason there's a block, isn't there? There's a there's a, a lack of desire on the part of some folks thinking that perhaps an online mass is just as good as an in person mass. And and I go back to what I said several weeks ago, um, and it was a great message from Father Mike Schmitz on the the need for the real presence in our lives. And we have to continue to remind our parishioners, our donors of the need. For the real presence, the need to come back to Mass and to receive the Eucharist, because the Eucharist, as we know, is the source and summit. Of our Catholic faith, it is the core of our identity as as Catholics and as Christians. The fact that Jesus rose from the dead means that it is truly the body and blood of Christ. So I, I offered that little thought for you today, friends. Again, just to reinforce the fact. I know many of you, many parishioners, are, are still on the fence, and um, and and if they have genuine fears, then that is not that is a part and separate from anything that I'm talking about today. But those who may be feeling, well, you know. Going to mass, you know, on a weekly basis. I can go to any mass I want to. I can just log in online it it's wonderful i think that we have been able to experience mass in that way in a variety of different settings you could try different churches different homeless whatever and and sometimes and for some people i know that it has reawakened their faith that has engaged them further and uh, and that's exciting and i don't think that you necessarily have to stop doing that in fact uh, i know that there are some parishes that i've watched on online I may continue to watch them even now that that we're going back to Mass in, in person, but that should augment our faith, right? That should be additional to what we do as Catholics, to seek out um, a deeper meaning for the Gospels, or a deeper meaning on our own reflection as we look at the Sunday Scriptures, if we like a particular homily, That's not a bad thing. That's actually a good thing if you're out there looking for uh, additional resources or ways to interpret or understand or be inspired by the Word of God. That's wonderful, and you, sh- and you should absolutely do that. But never think that that could substitute for the real presence of Christ or the real need to be present to Christ or have him present in your life through the Eucharist. And so um, I'll get off my soapbox for now because I think I'm beating a dead horse. But just think about that, that as we as we look at that, as we have conversations with people, oh, yeah, I go to Mass. It's the same online it is it's in person, right? No, it's not. It's the real presence presence because Christ died and rose from the dead. And that is the, the premise for our belief. And and maybe one of the things that we can take away from all Souls Day, All Saints Day, that one day we all plan to be saints, right? You're either going to be a saint or you're going to go to the other place. That's what Father Larry Richards likes to say. And, and I believe that's true. We all want to be saints one day in heaven. And to do that, we need to share in the Eucharist. We need to share in, in our communities of faith and we need to continue to live out the gospel. Uh, on a daily basis. And so, um getting now back to our show. If you haven't seen email or social media posts from us lately, uh, we are taking advancing our church live on Wednesdays at four p m. Eastern. You can join me and my colleagues, Anna Vaez and Fred Roberts, and our guests for a weekly discussion in November and December on Wednesdays. And there, it's going to be on various topics, you know, that relate to engaging parishioners, donors, creating opportunities to continue your ministry during this pandemic. So to register or to receive um, updates when we go live on Facebook, you just need to visit our Advancing Our Church Facebook page by going to facebook.com forward slash Advancing Our Church, and you just uh, click on the events that you are going, and uh, we hope that you will be going, and we hope to see you live on Facebook for one of these great discussions during November and December. Okay? So with all that said, let's get to work. On today's show, I am replaying a panel discussion that we had just last week called Advancing Our Parish Communities Through Challenging Times. And during the show, we talk with pastors and diocesan professionals who share their experiences of moving their missions forward in creative ways during the pandemic. So our panel of moderators are my friends and colleagues, Anna Vaez and Fred Roberts from Changing Our World. And during the webinar, there's going to be an English and a Spanish breakout session that I I will transition you through uh, by taking little breaks in between each of these so that you don't get lost in the episode, okay? And so without further ado, here is Advancing Our Parish Communities Through Challenging Times.
2: Good morning or afternoon, everybody, depending on where you are. On behalf of Anna Vies and all of us at Changing Our World, we'd like to welcome you to our webinar, Advancing Our Parish Communities Through Challenging Times. My name is Fred Roberts. I'm a managing director with Changing Our World. Uh, For those of you that were expecting Jim Friend today, my condolences. I'm filling in for Jim from my office in the Diocese of Cleveland. Just want to uh, start by um, letting you know that I've had the honor of serving the church and consulting with Catholic organizations for the past 22 years. Um, I've had the distinct pleasure of working on major diocesan capital campaigns and Uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, Dodge City, and Kansas City, Kansas, St. Louis, Missouri, and Hartford, Connecticut. Um, I can say without hesitation that working in parishes is um, the most fulfilling part of of our work, and I'm really excited for today's conversation on the best way to engage parishioners in what has been a a topsy-turvy year, to say the least. Um, While we have faced and continue to face numerous challenges, Many church leaders, including uh, folks who are here with us today, have responded effectively to those challenges and have been successful in maintaining crucial aspects of parish life, and we look forward to sharing some of their stories with you today. Uh, We want to jump right in. Uh, We have a great panel of Catholic leaders assembled today, and it's definitely geographically diverse. Um, We've got both the East and West Coast and the Midwest covered, Uh, so uh, right now, What I want to do is uh, turn the microphone over to Anna Vias, the head of Changing Our World's Multicultural Division, uh, to introduce our panelists for today's webinar. Anna?
3: Good morning and good afternoon, everyone, all my friends out there. It's great to see you. It's been a while. Um, I want to thank all of our panelists for taking the time to join us today. Many of you know I've done this for about 25 years, and I echo what Fred says. It's just very fulfilling to do the parish work, diocesan work. I've worked in dioceses across the country as well. It is, yeah, definitely a very fulfilling job. And in our work, we've been very fortunate and blessed to be able to meet uh, some great people along the way, many of you, um, all of you that are on today. So we thank you for participating today. I'd like to introduce our uh, panelists. Uh, To my left is Dave Baranowski um, from the Archdiocese of St. Louis. You have Marianne Gilbride on my right from the Diocese of Camden, uh, Director of Development. Uh, We have Father Bill Hoffman, where's Father Bill is uh, right there. Say hi, Father Bill. Who is the Catholic St. Philip Catholic Church, a church that I worked with probably about a year ago at this time.
4: Yes, it was.
3: Yes, it's in the Diocese of Green Bay. And we have um, Father Rex Hayes from beautiful Patterson, California, pastor of Sacred Heart. We have Monsignor Paul Dotson in beautiful Redondo Beach, California. How are you?
5: Hi, everybody.
3: Yes, good morning. And I think that's it. Let's go ahead and start with the questions, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And first of the questions that we're going to address has to do with, of course, the challenges that we've seen with COVID. In the last six, seven months, words like adjust, uh, pivot, adapt have all been part of like our everyday vocabulary. And so what I'd like to do is have our panelists respond to um, the Challenges they've seen at a parish level and or and or a diocesan level and then how you've adapted to those
1: challenges in your new environment. We'll start with Marianne. I, I think our, our parishes were were varied in their um issues. For for those who had not been live streaming already, um parishes were jumping to to get on board so that their parishioners could um see their masses. And for those who had not been using um electronic online giving, um there was a big scramble for the rest of those to um come on board. So we've struggled a little bit initially, but um, I'm getting word from a diocesan standpoint that the um, donations are starting to come back up again, um, some as much as 95% of where they were prior to COVID. So that's encouraging. Others are still working at it, but um, those were some of the significant issues we had, and just being able to reach people, especially those who did not have, like parishioners who did not have technology uh, equipment at home. Thank you. Um, Father Rex, um, can you talk a
3: little bit about uh, your community um, and the different various ethnic groups that you you have as parishioners and how um, you've been able to deal with communicating with all?
6: Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's like, the, the field is constantly changing here, uh, especially in, in Northern California, because uh, not only did we have to deal with COVID, but then a little bit later, we had to deal with the wildfires. One of the biggest wildfires was just to our west. So, you know, every week, it seems like it's something different. You know, uh, we had masks indoors or initially we were just having it um just broadcasting on Facebook and then uh, eventually we got onto YouTube too. We moved into our new building that Anna helped us build. And then we had to move outside. Then we had to, uh, because of poor air quality conditions, we had to move. We had to stop meeting together as community and and move back into, uh, you know, just broadcasting our live streaming, our, our masses. And then, you know, it's just, constantly changing now right now we're back into our new building we, we we were for a while outdoors for mass and um you know that it's it's best when it's indoors for sure so first off you know we got one of those ppp loans and uh that's helped us a lot so far we're applying to to get the loan forgiven right now so uh, hopefully that'll work out you know, we have really promoted uh, online giving, as you were saying. And, you know, I think that our online giving has at least doubled since the whole COVID thing. And That's people wonderful. are responding. But, you know, our, our, our giving is about 35% down, which is, I don't think that, you know, all things considered. And, you know, considering that our normal sort of Sunday attendance at this time of the year is about, you know, Two thousand people. A lot of those people are just, you know, they're not. They're, they're you know, maybe pitching in a dollar, maybe five dollars, or something like that. So, this our 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 major givers are are coming through for us for sure. And you know, people are doing what they can. You know, there's Hispanic community is is certainly hit harder by COVID right now, and a lot of them, even though we have mass, uh, are 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 not coming to mass. Uh, although. You know, we do have more people come to mass in Spanish than we do in our English celebrations. So, you know, people are good, and you know they're 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 coming through. So it's but you know it's constant challenges for sure. sure. Challenges.
3: Well, kudos and blessings to all of you for uh, being able to adapt to all the different challenges. I know the cold weather also brings in quite a few challenges. Um, Father Bill, can you talk a little bit about how your parish is being affected now that you? Have the cold weather descending on you in Green Bay?
4: Well, we had a slight snowstorm the the other evening, but it's melted. Our concern was uh, right now Wisconsin is in the national news, the percentage of uh, positive uh, COVID cases is very high. And so we've seen um, Bishop had uh, last month lifted the dispensation for mass. So the obligation was returned. Uh, attendance started to increase again, uh, but he's again given the dispensation because of the, the high percentage of COVID. Um, right. So it was challenging for us because, uh, similarly, our Hispanic uh, attendance at Mass was is much greater than the our English-speaking members. We only had one Spanish Mass. So it was an opportune time for us to to make a, a change in our mass times and to to uh, join together two of our English masses on Sunday morning and add a Spanish mass on sa- Saturday afternoon. So not having uh, in-person attendance at mass during March, April, uh, gave us really that opportunity. This is the time we'll make that change, a change that we have been talking and looking at. We need another uh, mass for our Hispanic uh, community. So that that is a, a hidden blessing uh, within the uh, this experience of the COVID. Uh, we were not live streaming previously, so it was a, a learning uh, uh, curve for us. Our first attempts were so so. Uh, we've improved. We had to uh, improve our uh, in our connection to the to the web in church and some other adaptations. And it's really been a blessing. The number of people who uh, who are, are participating with us through through Facebook and the internet, the live streaming of our Sunday masses, our Excellent. our uh, giving has uh, it's really been a blessing. It's been increasing, uh, very wow. similar uh, October's envelope uh, collection to to uh, October of last year. So even though Number of our parishioners are, are not with us physically. Uh, they're, they're with us in prayer and over our live streaming and are sending in their envelopes or through the, uh, uh, automatic giving. Uh, so that's, that's been a blessing for us. Uh, us. A bright spot was the government pay, uh, payroll protection for those eight weeks. That was really a blessing for our parish too. And we took advantage of that time to do some real uh, super cleaning and maintenance within the church building and the school. So, again, the, the challenge of the COVID, there's some hidden blessings that were in there also at the same time.
3: Right. Thanks for sharing that, Father Bill. Um, on Senior Paul, I know you've got a lot of ministries and groups um, at your parish. Um, talk a little bit about how, how you've adapted during the past six months. What you've uh, been offering? Um,
5: our first concern was keeping our community together. And of course, those are the purposes of, me, of our ministries, too, to keep our people together as uh, a community of faith. So we sat down and decided what were the most important things we had to do. One of the first things we did was set up a huge uh uh, well, we had, I don't know how many volunteers, all of the staff, including the priests. We had so many people to call just to tell them we were thinking about them and praying for them. And that was a, a very positive thing in, in so many ways. Some people had just never been called by the parish or the priest and so on. And it really, uh, really affected them. A lot of people sent letters and so on. Originally, we couldn't have mass period except in the church with nobody there. So we were streaming from the church. Uh, We had a mass, just one mass on the weekend. But then they said we could open our churches. However, our uh, governor said we could only have 100 people in the church. Well, as Anna can tell you, we have a beautiful new big church, and we can hold a lot more than 100 people. We were all set up to take in more people. we had done all the requirements. I think it varies, obviously, from state to state and so on, but we had 100 people there, and then it was growing more than 100, and people were concerned, but everybody came with a mask. They observed their proper distances, and after every mass, the pews were cleaned, and uh, that was a big thing of making sure that everything was clean. Well, then they reversed themselves and said we couldn't use the churches again. So we set up outside, and we have four masses on the weekend, one of them streamed, and um the space that we have is pretty well maxed out. We're getting about two hundred people at mass. They observe all they they want to be here so badly that they'll observe all of the the uh, uh dictums that they have to go through to be at mass it has been great that way. The only day that yesterday uh monday we uh, Sunday we had to cancel our eleven o'clock mass because it started raining during the nine o'clock mass. And so we canceled mass Monday morning, but turned out the weather was okay and we were able to to have mass. So we've come up with a robo call system that we can contact over 3000 people or people can call in. We just say mass is canceled tomorrow. We can do that as late as we want to. So we encourage people if they're gonna come to mass to call this or to if the robo call shows it's from the church to pick it up. Uh, But our ministries have been trying to do the best. The youth ministry is streaming but involving all of the kids in some uh, fundraising projects. I'm involved with the Knights of Malta, and we just – they're handing out 40,000 kits for people on the street. And we did uh, 4,000 of them, just the kids uh, put them together last week. Again, we can't have any gatherings. We can't bring people into our hall or into our church and so on. Everything has to be outside. Uh, Eucharistic ministry has taken a real hit because they can't get into the hospital. I can't even go in the hospital because my age and I just got done with some treatments that I had to go through. So I have to rely on my associate to go. Sometimes they let you in, sometimes they don't. Uh, to visit that. funerals, we've had funerals outside. I had, we have three this week. Uh, we've had a couple weddings outside that have worked out well. But unfortunately, wow. we can't go inside any of the buildings. Yesterday, we had a staff meeting. or we planning for Christmas. Now, obviously, our concerns are going to be different than the Midwest and, you know, the uh, East. East Coast. South. But even then, we have to be concerned about light, about uh, weather, and sure. all of those things. So it could be a very, very different Christmas for all of us. But in the meantime, we keep reaching out to the parishioners. Our website has all kinds of opportunity for growth. We give them lots of information. Uh, We have one person that's just looking. We have flock notes, if you know what those are. Yes, I've seen those. Yes, Bishop Barron, and um, he every day there's something that goes out to the people that they can read or hang on to, and hopefully they find some nourishment or some attachment to the church. My fear is, Father said that too, that when this is over. It has sort of an apathy set in with the people where they're going to say, I don't need to go to church. I can go when I want to and so on. Uh, Again, the collections are good. We cut our expenses way back. So we're doing okay. Thank you so much, Monsignor. Uh,
3: You brought up some really good points. I hadn't even thought of, uh, you know, hospital ministry. um, And that's really an important point. Dave, do you want to um, just speak to, from a diocesan level, what you've seen, any challenges um, that yeah, haven't but, been discussed yet? Yeah,
7: Yeah. the, the biggest challenge, um, as, as we're trying to get parishes to move from maintenance to mission mode, this idea of discipleship, stewardship, evangelization, how do we accompany people? Uh, this is the biggest challenge. How do we help people still have that encounter with Jesus? How do we help that ongoing conversion? Um monsignor paul had hit, hit, hit on it the The biggest thing that we have seen in St. Louis is uh many parishes have started the old fashioned phone chain uh in my home parish. we did the same thing, and this was the most phenomenal thing yeah. that happened. Um, you know, people don't normally answer their cell phone, but people were so bored uh, that they actually <laughs> answered their phone right They answered their phone of people they didn't know so uh, i was I was specific to my parish. Uh, there was 50 of us. We took the roster A to Z, and every other day we called 10 people. And just all we asked was, is there anything we can do for you? It was yeah. simply, is there anything we can do for you? And this has actually got people now back in our parish, and many parishes in St. Louis are doing this, where this is actually now uh, many parishes are kind of instituting this as a new ministry. Yeah. So whether, whether it's COVID or not, we're once a month, we're just going to call people. Right. Because uh, that's ultimately what we're talking about is relationships, right? Relationships yes. with the Holy Trinity, relationships with each other. So the simple fact of just calling. Uh, we also did the live stream masses, the electronic offertory. I will tell you, parishes in St. Louis that had a culture of discipleship, stewardship, evangelization. They pretty much hung in there uh, and, and, and they're doing OK in all levels of the church. But parishes that didn't have that culture, uh, the pandemic has accelerated their decline. Uh, absolutely accelerated their decline. One other thing, I guess, other than the other panel members had mentioned, one of the one of the things that some of our pastors did, and this was actually pretty cool, uh, in the very beginning in the pandemic when, uh, like, some of the the priests had said you couldn't have anybody at mass. It was just the priest saying mass, you know, by himself, uh, live stream. When it came time for offatory. Right, and there weren't people there. Many of our pastors took this as an opportunity to give kind of another little shard homily. And they would give another little shard homily on the spirituality of giving. And 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 the, the key of it really was that offatory isn't just that time of mass when we have our financial transaction with God, right? That that's not what offatory is. But it, it, it's our it's offering our own personal sacrifice united with Christ's sacrifice. And we've had these little one-minute homilies on the spirituality of giving that I think has helped people show that giving money is as much of our faith as, as praying and charitable work. So that was something that we saw uh, as as well that that wasn't mentioned already.
3: Excellent. I love that, Dave. Thank you for echoing that. Fred?
2: Just want to thank all of our panelists for these insights. I think these are great examples great. of some creative thinking and uh and really being proactive and outreach to uh to the folks in, in a in a time of great need. Just uh want to take a couple more minutes uh before we move into the, the breakout session and and pose a, another question. So we we all are, are have become very um you know very aware of the, the challenges and and navigating where we've been uh but the question that I'd like to pose for our panelists is what do you see going forward? Um, we've, we've become good at uh, being uh, nimble and adjusting on our feet. Uh, we've done uh, things like host Zoom meetings uh, regularly. And uh, I know at, at my parish here in O'Leary, Ohio, we just had a, uh, had a successful uh, festival uh, that was conducted online. Um, so um, I think one of the questions that, uh, that each parish is going to need to, to answer and then also uh, diocese as well as as, they, as you look to uh, reach out to your parish constituents, uh, what is next year going to going to look like? Will will your events be uh, a hybrid? Uh, will they be virtual? Um, is is that something that you've been thinking about? So um, why don't we reverse the order and we'll start with Dave this time?
7: Okay, thanks. Yeah, I, um, I think yes, it's going to a hybrid. And and I think some of the the challenges that we're trying to uh, overcome is, first, how do we take care of our our priests and our religious, our our nuns and sisters? We have a we have a lot of rural parishes in St. Louis. We have a lot of urban and suburban parishes. but We have a lot of rural parishes. So we want to make sure that, um, you know, we're taking care of our priests. Uh, We've got a lot of priests that are by themselves out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, with their parishes, so we're trying to make sure that we're, our parish communities are checking in on Father, uh, because Father is missing all his parishioners, right? I mean, we, this is a common thing that we hear, is the, it's just the relationships that our pastors and associate pastors have had with their priests. So, we're we very much trying. How can we keep that connection uh, going with our with our pastors? We're trying in the in the areas where you're able to meet, you know, invite them over for dinner, have them over for a beer. Uh, whatever that is, uh, but but maintain that connection. And then the other thing, quite honestly, is we are encouraging parishes not to cancel stuff. Uh, this is kind of the new evangelization, right? The, the new methods. So this is our this is really we're looking at this as an opportunity. The Holy Spirit's giving giving us a chance to be creative and innovative.
5: Mm-hmm. So
7: don't cancel stuff. Just figure out a different way to do it. Um, uh, some of the folks had mentioned about outdoor masses. Uh, we had out many parishes. Uh, Corpus Christi back in in June had outdoor Corpus Christi events that were that were awesome. Uh, big outdoor masses this past weekend with Halloween, the trunk or treats, uh, picnics that people had now instead of the pasta dinners that people had and all this stuff. People brought picnics to the parking lot. So, again, whatever those events are fellowship opportunities, don't cancel yeah. them figure out how to how to do something different you know because it's easy too many parishes and this is the lukewarm nature of our of our church right the the easy thing is just to cancel it right and blame everything on covid why well, i we uh, we're thinking that this is not this is the opportunity for the holy spirit to hopefully ask for help and how can we do things more creative
5: sounds great monsignor paul yes thank you um we've had to think differently too. And, you know, (laughs) sometimes that's pretty tough, especially for an old guy like me. But one of the things that we've been, uh, why this parish is known for is its outreach. And, uh, we have a garage in the back and we feed maybe 40 people a week, but we figured this would increase because of the situation. And a lot of them are from the most of them aren't from the parish, I'd say, or they're not people we regularly see, but, um, we were trying to do something different, so several months ago, I decided that uh so that we could people could see us and we could see them, we had drive through blessing one Sunday, but what they had to do not had to do, but we asked them to come. they pulled up at the garage, and the teens were there to unload their trunk with staples food, and then they drove over, and the three priests here were out there, and we Talk to them a little bit and bless them, you know, with holy water. We filled two garages, two garages, and I mean, we really filled them. And people kind of had a good feeling. It, again, it connected them to, to the parish and to each other. We did it again last month. Huge amount of food, more so than before, and we're going to do it on the first. It was the feast of Saint Lawrence, our patron. So we thought, what better way to honor him? and we're doing it again this month, and it's created a whole other new ministry. And we're able to, there's so much food there, we're able to take it to a couple other parishes uh, that don't have the same outreach that we do. But I'm just giving that as one example. That's just one way. We also have perpetual adoration here at the church, but we can't use our adoration chapel. So outside next to the area where we have mass, we had some windows. So every day from 12 to 4, we put the Blessed Sacrament there. And people are coming all afternoon. Again, the weather's different. You can't do this in the Midwest or back east, I'm sure. But people are coming all day uh, till 4 o'clock for adoration. So um, we see a lot of people around. Our offices are open to some extent. They're not open. They have, people have to come to the door, ring the doorbell. But people are coming in for all kinds of things to drop off food or to get mass cards and so on. My second thing, I know I'm talking too long, but the second thing is we have to rethink what type of evangelization are we going to do when this is over. Right. It's going to require a new type of evangelization. I was talking to somebody about it today because we're going to have to go back and get people back to re-evangelize them. So we're thinking about that too.
0: That's Monsignor Paul Dotson offering those final words in the large panel discussion. For the next part of this show, we're going to move into the English panel discussion room and continue the dialogue. The other panelists will be answering the question how they see activities and ministries working moving forward in the parish, either in person, virtual, or a hybrid model. And so here's Father Rex Hayes.
6: So far, our school has had a a couple of fundraisers. I, I think before that, I guess we we missed a fundraiser, um, our 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 spring bazaar fundraiser, uh, but it was just so soon after everything started with the uh, the COVID stuff. Uh, but uh, since then, our school has uh, has had a couple of fundraisers. One was uh, the the Octoberfest, where they, you know, every year it's a it's one of our big school fundraisers it's beer and sausage uh well we couldn't really you know that that that's a big you know a lot of people come and you know it it, it clearly couldn't be that it was but they nevertheless had the oktoberfest this year just you know selling a uh, a sausage dinner with you could get beer along with it and um and that was pretty successful i'd say um they added a kind of a new uh fundraiser for dia de los muertos they're selling uh, it's like you can get uh pozole for like twenty dollars uh for you know for a family and pan del del muerto it's uh, all these uh kind of uh mexican traditions uh that they promote to the whole community um and i think that's going pretty well uh tamales is another thing that you can get i think no the pozole is ten dollars tamales $20. $20. That's what it was. Uh, they, they had the, uh, back to school bash, uh, was, uh, another takeout thing. It was, uh, uh, they grilled the, uh, tri-tip and, uh, you know, it was a, a, a nice dinner that you could, it was all, all these are like ended up to be takeout things. But along with the, the, the bash, they, they always have a, a, an auction at the bash and so it was all online auction this time and I think it was pretty successful all things considered you know so so there's a a number of these events that we've we've had that we continue to do but they are you know now like pickups or online or whatever uh we're looking forward to doing our annual crab chapino feed that we started Back with, when when Anna was working with us to build our building, we're not exactly sure how that's going to all come off. But uh, we we plan on you know continuing with the, the the tradition of it. Uh, we you know you just can't have the same expectation of making the same amount of money as you do when you know people can get together. But uh, I think it's important to continue with those kind of fundraising traditions that of our of our parish of all parishes. Uh, To to bring people together as as best as we can, you know, and and to work together to continue the the services that our parish and our school are able to offer. So,
2: Amen to that. Bringing people together. That's what it's all about. Um, Marianne, um, how have your plans changed for the future and your outreach uh, to parishes and
1: parishioners in Camden? Well, um, we have found that more than ever, we need to try to be as transparent as possible with what's going on, uh, reaching out uh, with more phone calls and emails now versus um, paper mailings whenever possible and as much as possible just to let uh parishioners and uh parishes know that things are still happening the parishes are still conducting their ministries um we had um normally our bishop would assemble at uh with with a group of people at one of the facilities that is against abortion and uh, he would do the rosary there. This year um, he did uh, a rosary online and had some people lead the decades of the rosary, so it was still held. Uh, Another opportunity throughout the year, we asked people to tape themselves doing a Hail Mary or an Our Father of the Rosary, and tons came in, and and we put together a giant rosary made up of people of all ages, sizes, colors. It it was just a a really neat thing. So trying to do those same things, but maybe do them in a slightly different way, are um, just Justice for All Dinner that Catholic Charities runs every year to um, generate six figures in in dollars that go right back into the hands of the people that need it Um, had to go virtual this year. We couldn't not do it. We still needed the funds and people were tremendous in their support. They knew uh, that this was something that really needed to still occur because more than ever, people were in need and um, so many more were out of work and uh, unable to feed their families as they would have been able to. So So things like that going virtual and and showing that um, we knew that the support was still needed uh, was a a tremendous help to uh, people. And as we call um, the one. Uh, I think Dave you were saying how you did so many calls a day as we speak with those people and we'd find out what's going on with them um, taking their information and adding their names to our prayer list sending them a mass card reminding them that we were still praying for them um, just trying to be as creative as possible and the ones that, that are creative are, are being so successful and sharing uh, that those successes so the Rest of the parishes can jump on as well.
2: That's great. It's all about sharing, and I, I think that's um, a wonderful story. And um, you know, we really need to have faith in our people that they are going to step up when asked. So, um, so it's great to hear that. Um, we have um, a couple of questions here from uh, from the group. Um, so we'll pose the first one. If you have held a virtual festival, what platforms have your has your parish utilized? I'll just throw that open to our panelists.
7: In St. Louis, Zoom's, Zoom seems to be the one parish. Uh, we have a, a diocesan account with them, and many of our parishes have parish accounts with Zoom.
2: Right. I referenced the uh, parish festival that uh, that my home parish just completed, very successfully. We um, used a, a platform, mobile platform, called RallyUp, and uh, you know a couple things that were really going for us at St. Jude is that. Um, it's a well established, uh, festival that had been taking place for over 30 years. So, uh, so people were really used to the, the fact that we had the festival and used to, uh, supporting and participating in it. Um, so that, that was good. And we got a good, we had a good runway. Um, we started promoting the Parish Festival months ago. So that, um, gave us uh, a lot of momentum and, uh, we were able to achieve the goal. Uh, I think there's uh, some some factors that can help to enhance the uh, the virtual festival uh, but that showed to us that, that um,
6: we could be successful in that uh, with that virtual approach I would say we use probably uh, Facebook the most uh, uh, for for these kinds of things um, it's what seems to be working for us um, we also have our website so uh, things some things are are, are kind of principally gone through the the website but yeah facebook and our website
2: great so i'll move on to our next question and that is what do some new evangelization efforts look like to our pastors we have three pastors that can uh can address that um uh, paul would you like to pick the first uh first crack at that
5: one there we there go there you go yep we're trying to decide what we're going to do as far as evangelization goes as this winds down, if it winds down or even if it doesn't. It's making us think more about evangelization than we had before. And as I say, it's going to take a different face than it took before. And um, we have to determine what that is. Some things have been working well now. And we think, why would, for example, just simple things that many of you mentioned, streaming the mass every Sunday. I mean, we're getting the church ready, because here in California, we can't be in the churches, but we're getting our church ready, rewired. We just remodel it, but we're getting ready to uh, put in new facilities so that we're able to uh, broadcast uh, more, not only masses, but other special events that might be, you know, in, in uh, a, a means of evangelizing. So we're looking into all of these things, because, as I say, many things, whether it's our outreach program, our catechetical program, uh, spirituality, we keep incorporating some of those things into our day-to-day streaming. But afterwards, we say we still should continue doing this, and uh, which ways will we do it? So. I think we're still reevaluating it. But as I say I said earlier, uh, there's a whole new field of evangelization opening up because of the COVID.
4: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Brother Bill? We're going to uh, do a, a mailing to all of our parishioners for Christmas, English and Spanish. Uh, and with that, uh, including then the Christmas um, uh, mass times and additional mass times for personal uh confessions uh, during Advent, uh, we're going to continue the live streaming. And um, we are the formation programs uh, from the parish uh, for RCIA is is virtual. We're doing that through Zoom, uh, through Facebook, through our uh, website, our, our uh, website internet page. Uh, so people that aren't on uh, don't have a Facebook account, can go into our our, our our page on the internet uh, website and and click on the Facebook. So uh, some people who aren't who aren't uh, on Facebook personally, but they can they can uh, take advantage of of those programs. So leadership programs. We have a series of evangelization uh, themes, and we'll be doing in the evenings. Uh, they'll be through Zoom. Uh, those who register can participate. They can. Uh, send their questions in, or then it will be archived uh, on our, our website. So that if they weren't able to to join in a particular evening for a, for a session or a particular theme, they can go back to that. Um, we're promoting formed uh, to our parishioners. We have that access to all of those uh, formation, and, and that's been a real blessing. The number of parishioners. Who have taken advantage of of the many programs of formation and for kids, for little kids, teenagers, young people, that FORM off, offers us also. Thank you very much. And Father Rex.
6: Yeah, we're using FORM too. I was going to say that. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's an exciting opportunity. We started, um, we subscribed to FORM at the very beginning of the whole COVID thing. So you know, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure how many people are actually using it, but we're, we're, we're promoting it with our faith formation classes. So, you know, hopefully that'll get the word out a little bit more effectively. You can send things out. You know, we, we sent, you know, flyers in the mail to every every fa- every registered family in our parish, but, you know, they a lot of times don't read everything. So <laughs> let's see. Evangelization. Um, trying to get some of our groups kind of oriented towards being able to use Zoom is, is a challenge, you know, especially our Hispanic people. Slowly but surely, people are kind of learning to use these, these new um, methods of, of communication or networking. So um, I guess that's, that's what really stands out to me right now.
2: Great. And uh, Dave and Marianne, what kind of evangelization do you see pastors utilizing? Uh, anything new or different in, in your dioceses?
7: Uh, yeah, just not to repeat anything, but uh, a uh, a lot of our parishes use formed, but the, the advice is um, formed is so vast with information. Have a group of people kind of build a path of discipleship because if you just, our experience in St. Louis is if you just let people run wild and formed, they won't do it. it it's too big. <laughs> you, you have, it, it helps if you kind of pick out things to look at, give them a path of discipleship. The other thing we're taking a lot of parishes, we're taking a a hint from the elections, yard signs. Uh, They're inexpensive. So we're making these Christmas yard signs, Jesus, the reason for the season, and then join us at parish XYZ. And then we have their website. So uh, we want to infiltrate neighborhoods with all these parish yard signs that drives people back Mm. to their church. Very nice. Love that mm yeah. yeah.
1: And uh, jumping on board with the, uh, the formed, a lot of our parishes are using those, and they're developing uh, prayer groups uh, to discuss uh, the different movies that they're working on or even developing their own um, kind of uh, biblical studies training within the par- parishes so that um, groups of people can um, get together online where they might have previously been um, going into mass. Um, So things like that seem to be um, uh, very popular. And I'm seeing much more robust parish websites. There's so much more that you can see that you can get to um, on uh, a lot of the parish websites now.
0: That was the English panel discussion. Now, we're going to move to the closing thoughts for the whole webinar panel discussion. And then at the end, I'm going to play for you the Spanish track uh, workshop. And that way, our uh, English-speaking listeners can sign off uh, after this next section. So here is Fred Roberts with some closing thoughts.
2: Thanks, everybody, for joining us for this quick hour. Um, Just want to let you know, A recording of our uh, webinar today will be available on the Advancing Our Church website, and uh, we'll email everybody a copy of that along with the contact information for our panelists uh, in case you'd like to ask them questions directly. Um, While you're on the Advancing Our Church website, um, you'll see links to our weekly podcast, um, so we'd like to encourage you to check those out. Um, This week, we've got a a podcast that features a conversation from this year's ICSC with um, Monsignor Marucci, uh, Marianne from your neck of the woods. Uh, and He's got some wonderful insights for pastors with regards to stewardship. So really um, recommend uh, checking that out. Uh, so uh, just want to uh, also thank everybody, thank our panelists, especially for uh, taking time out of your day to join us. Uh, thank our guests also for uh, being part of today's webinar. Uh, We hope each of you has a wonderful day, and we look forward to speaking to you again very soon.
3: Blessings to all. Thank you. Good to see everyone.
0: I want to thank all of our panelists for being on our show this week. And if you found this content helpful and would like to continue the conversation, please join us on Wednesdays, 4 p.m. Eastern Time for our new Facebook Live with my co-hosts, Anna Vaez and Fred Roberts. And this week, we'll be bringing back our panelists, Marianne Gilbride and Dave Baranowski, to talk more about virtual events and activities. I hope you'll join us. Again, go to Facebook Live Facebook.com forward slash Advancing Our Church. You'll find the event there. You can click that you're going so that you're notified when we go live. And again, I hope you'll like our Facebook page while you're there. We're going to move to the Spanish breakout panel discussion for the remainder of our show. And before our English-speaking listeners sign off, I want to thank the Changing Our World podcast team and Pottery Studios for their support of our show. And if you'd like to leave a comment about today's show, please visit us at AdvancingOurChurch.com and click on leave a voicemail. I'd love to get your feedback. And if you'd like more information about our show, please visit us at advancingourchurch.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And Advancing Our Church is a production of Changing Our World, and we are a fundraising and social impact consulting firm, and we've been advising both nonprofits and corporations for over 20 years. So for more information about us, please visit us at changingourworld.com. Okay, so here's the final breakout discussion for our Spanish speaking listeners. Thanks so much.
8: Por la mañana.
3: Hola, buenos días. Si, si viven aquí en este lado, pero si son del este, uh, buenas tardes. Cintia? Cintia? Sí, hola. Oh. Hola, no te puedo mirar. Hola. Hola. Buenas tardes o buenos días? Buenas tardes. Buenas tardes. ¿De dónde dónde vienes? ¿De Chicago? Ah, de Chicago. Mi hijo vive en Chicago. Luis, ¿a dónde vives?
8: Yo en Dallas, Texas.
3: Dallas. Trabajé en Dallas por 22 meses.
8: Ay, you are a sin.
3: Cada semana por 22 meses de San Diego a Dallas. Pero fue un placer. ¿En cuál parroquia estás?
8: Our Lady of Lourdes.
3: Ay, yo trabajé ahí Eso fue en parroquia Hace como tres años
8: No Sí Tres años
3: Tres años que anduvimos ahí con la, la campaña capital Changing our world
8: In our church?
3: Yes, en todas las parroquias de Dallas Trabajamos con todos Hace tres años
8: Well, because I was here three years ago and I don't remember. ¿Quién es
3: el sacerdote? Mándeme. ¿Quién es el sacerdote? ¡Oh, eres el sacerdote! Disculpe. Nada más. Luis
8: Luis es mi nombre.
3: Ay, no, pero padre. Disculpe.
8: No, no, no. Soy cristiano. Eso es lo que nos une.
3: OK. Pues yo trabajé allí. Trabajé con Santa Clara, con el Catedral. Recaudando los fondos para la campaña.
8: Pero la campaña diocesana? Sí. One faith, one future. Yes. And I was longer than three years. I wasn't here. That's was like oh, six years.
3: Ah, okay. Disculpe. Cuatro años se me hacen. Sí, sería
8: más de. Yo llevo aquí cinco años, so is longer than five years.
3: Tal vez, tal vez. Sí. Cynthia, yo me voy a Chicago ¿Sí? en diciembre a visitar a mi hijo. Sí. Uh-uh. es abogado oh. ahí. Ah, oh, sí. Sí, hace sí. mucho frío ahorita, ¿verdad? Sí, ya ya, ya empezó es. a nevar un poco. Sí. Pues estamos esperando para el Padre Bill y el Padre Rex. Déjame ver. Pues lo que vamos a hacer es hablar un poquito, ¿verdad? Este, sobre cómo hemos este, podido vencer los retos, ¿verdad? Que, que se han presentado con COVID. Este, Padre Luis, ¿puedes hablar un poquito de eso?
8: Escuchando a los panelistas, yo veía nuestra situación en nuestra comunidad reflejada. Y creo que la... Bueno, hemos hecho un par de cosas nosotros. Lo del teléfono, eso I took upon myself. Llamar a la gente y preguntar cómo están, si necesitaban algo de nosotros, de la comunidad. Nuestra comunidad es 100% latina.
3: Sí, yo sé.
8: Hay hay un gringo despistado que viene de vez en cuando, no sabemos por qué. Aparte de eso es 100% latina, la inmensa mayoría migrantes, mexicanos y un buen número de Mex. Y lo que yo escuchaba de mucha gente era que al final de la conversación ellos me decían, wow, well, uh, ¿qué podemos hacer nosotros? Por you, por usted o. Entonces, hombre, eso la verdad es que me dio un, me dio ánimo de que, de que la gente estaba engaging. Y al sí. mismo tiempo, la mayoría de nosotros, es, al ser una comunidad pobre, pues mucha gente, gente que trabajaba en, limpiando casas, en hoteles, en restaurantes, pues claro, o han perdido, sobre todo las mujeres, hay muchos hombres como trabajan en construcción, esos no, no han perdido los trabajos, también hemos tenido, hemos estado bendecidos en el sentido de que tenemos un, un grupo de San Vicente de Paul que está bastante fuerte y ha venido ayudando mucho a la comunidad y también Gracias a Dios con caridades católicas de la diócesis. Ah, sí. Ya. Yeah, y
3: has usado el text to give. Aquí en California hemos usado text to give con toda la gente latino. ¿Han usado eso, Cintia, o no, padre?
8: No sé qué es.
9: Algunas de nuestras parroquias tiene, pero depende en, en cuál online giving vendor que, eh, ellos pues tienen. Han que... escogido ya yeah, que porque sí muchos sí tienen el text to give y, y uno sí los usan pero no no todo no todas las parroquias
3: sí padre el, el text to give es bien fácil este aquí en California aquí con la gente latino verdad que hemos este recaudado mucho este más por el ofertorio Y nada más tienes que, que hacer una selección en cuál vendor quieres usar, como PayPal. ¿Qué estás usando, Cintia? Um, Faith to Give tiene también Text to Give, donde la gente, en vez de dar sus cheques, o en vez de poner un dólar o cinco dólares, lo, lo pueden hacer bien fácil con el celular, con su teléfono. Y lo pueden hacer cada domingo, cada lunes. Y este mucha gente lo han usado aquí. Es, es buena idea y si quieres yo te puedo mandar unos detalles sobre de eso tenemos sure. este, este, correo electrónico ¿verdad? yes ma'am. ok muy bien te puedo mandar unos detalles, cintia ¿qué es el vendor de ustedes para el text to give? So, so yo trabajo en la arqueología de Chicago so, ah. so,
9: hay muchas diferentes pues muchas parroquias y cada parroquia tiene diferente vendor dependiendo qué, uh, pues quien Ellos quieren a, a, a trabajar con, pero el, el más grande es Give Central. Eso es el, el Give Central que tiene el Text to Give. Um, ¿Y quién más? So unas para que estén en PayPal, um, otros tienen track, pero no sé si Faith Direct sí tiene el Text to Give. Pero esas sí, tres grandes.
3: Algunos padres cobran un poquito, pero el PayPal, yo creo, en mi opinión, Cintia, es el mejor.
0: Muchas de nuestras
3: parroquias aquí en San Diego están usando PayPal para Text to Give. Entonces, este, yo te puedo mandar el link, ¿ok? Cuando terminamos, te voy a mandar el link sobre eso. Uh, sobre las misas uh, en Chicago, hace mucho frío. Dime, Cintia, ¿están haciendo las parroquias? No pueden hacerlos afuera, ¿verdad? No, um, pero ahorita las parroquias pueden uh
9: pues a, a, a ser a uh, 25% capacity. So, mm, pues no es mucha gente, pero dependiendo uh, de la parroquia, cuánta gente puede um, tener. So, uh, algunas parroquias, 150 personas, 200 personas y, 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 y más. Pero sí, las parroquias están... Um, haciendo misas, tres misas al a domingo, um, unas una misa. Sí so, si, si, si están haciendo
3: misas y si están bien. ¿Y uh, confesiones adentro de la iglesia también? Sí. Ok, muy bien. Aquí yo he visto muchas parroquias, este que están usando, los domingos están usando el el parqueo de la iglesia para tener las misas, para confesiones también. Padre, tienen el drive through para confesiones también y para misas. En en estas parroquias que tienen sus parqueos bien grandes, yo sé que algunos no, pero esa es una cosa que están usando ahorita. Este, uh, padre, ¿qué están haciendo? ¿Pueden tener las misas adentro de la iglesia en Dallas? Yo no Nosotros
8: recuerdo. Estuvimos, bueno, la iglesia, el templo como tal nunca llegó a cerrarse en toda la diócesis de Dallas. A poco? Bueno, well, let me explain. O sea, hubo un, unos meses en que no podíamos tener la Eucaristía el templo, no hubo ninguna ordenanza ni municipal, ni estatal, ni de la diócesis, diciendo que había que cerrarlo.
3: Ah. Entonces, nunca
8: lo cerramos y los domingos, aunque no había misas, pues teníamos exposición del Santísimo, teníamos oración, teníamos música y había un, un trickle, un poquito de gente... Y luego ya hace como ya hace cuatro meses, más o menos, que hemos vuelto a las Eucaristías dominicales con un 50% de capacidad, inside, dentro del building. Entonces, una cosa buena que tenemos en el templo de nosotros es que podemos abrir las puertas. Uh-huh. Bueno, hasta ahora ha hecho calorcito. Hasta ah, ahora. Bueno. Entonces, pues, el aire, que entra, el aire que entra, pues eso es una garantía extra a la hora de que la gente no esté en un lugar confinado. Y luego las Eucaristías, cuando las hemos hecho un poquito más cortas, de manera que, por supuesto, la gente con máscara, con physical distance... Pero, vamos, justamente mucha gente no viene. Eso es un hecho. Me gusta la
3: idea...
8: yo, Yo vivo más la gente... Bueno, yo no sé los gringos, pero... Yo creo que mucha gente hispana tiene miedo.
3: Sí. sí, sí. Yo he visto eso Aquí también. también, ya. Aquí también. Yo he visto okay. que algunas parroquias, todos están usando sus carros. No salen de sus carros. Están adentro y con la misa afuera. Y eso se me hace que es buena idea. También me gusta la idea de llamar a la gente. Uh, Verás en la otra... Con uno de los los sacerdotes fue el padre padre Rex o el padre Bill dijo que tuvieron una comité de gente que llamó sí. a gente para ver cómo están verdad durante la pandemia y eso me gusta mucho porque este la gente quiere comunicar verdad yo creo que Si andan ahí solos en sus casas, pues es una forma de comunicación llamarlos verdad mucha gente no saben con el celular, no saben de la computadora, pero para una llamada es otra cosa. gente has visto eso en su diócesis sí so ahorita lo que tenemos es tenemos un
9: um, mejores mejores prácticas, so yo y mi equipo estamos reuniendo con parroquias you know over over teams y le estamos uh, pues de las cinco prácticas la primera es hacer esas uh phone calls o esas personal phone calls um para hablar con sus con sus feligreses um, para ver cómo están haciendo y, y, y pues a darle las gracias y si están yendo uh, a misa y, y si ese es el número uno que le estamos diciendo a los a los uh, sacerdotes que si si tienen tiempo si si lo pueden
3: hacer que lo hagan Y claro que es mucho trabajo. Sí. Ah, padre, ¿estás solo ahí o tienes diáconos que te ayuden bueno, con las llamadas?
8: Bueno, las llamadas las he hecho yo. O sea, me pareció que era una buena idea que la gente escuchara de mí por ser el párroco. Sí, claro. Entonces, pues, las he ido haciendo yo.
3: Pero, ¿cuántos parroquianos, padre? Más. Mejor pregunta Bien. es, ¿cuántos que son seniors, pues?
8: Bueno, eh, nosotros más o menos seremos una comunidad de gente que esté registrada unos 13, unos mil trescientos más o menos familias, wow. so, me Tampoco he llamado a todos, o
3: sea no. <risa> <risa> claro que sí, no. pero estoy pensando en la gente pero que he llamado que más a mucha mayor. ¿Pándeme? Sí. La gente más mayor, yo creo, verdad, enfocado. Ah bueno, en esa... no yo, yo llamaba a todo el
8: mundo gente <risa> mayor. <risa>
3: wow. Bien, padre. Ay, qué bien, me da gusto. Uh, lo que pasó, me están mandando este correos electrónicos diciendo están no pudieron pasar los otros sacerdotes en nuestro cuarto. Yo no sé por qué, pero nos están esperando en el otro cuarto. Entonces, vamos a pasar otra vez en el otro cuarto. Porque right. ah, esto es nuevo para mí, ¿okay? Y yo no soy tan joven como ustedes, ¿ok? Entonces, me da, ay, es, es difícil para mí, ¿ok? Para usted y
8: para todos.
3: Oh, yo creo, porque es nuevo todo esto, ¿ok? Yeah. Entonces, gracias por su paciencia con nosotros, ¿ok? Y ahorita nos va, nos va a cambiar al otro cuarto. Tienen preguntas, antes que, que nos mueven para allá. Tienen preguntas. No. Vamos a hacer otro webinar completamente en español. Y mm-hmm. lo que queremos hacer es invitar a los líderes de grupos, ¿verdad? Mm-hmm. Y, y de diáconos eh, por todo, todo el, eh, todos los Estados Unidos, pero nada más en español. Ok, mm-hmm. y eso va a venir en diciembre o en novie- o en enero, ok, claro, tendrá que
8: ser a otra hora, porque a esta hora no, no es una hora buena. No, claro que
3: sí, claro que sí, padre, que lo vamos a hacer en la noche, ok, mucho mejor. Porque claro que muchos es, me están mandando texts y correos que quieren entrar al cuarto y no pueden. Están tocando la puerta. No se oye. <risa> <risa> Espérate, espérense. Okay, preguntas con ustedes. ¿O estamos listos para para regresar? Cintia, ¿tienes unas preguntas? No. Nosotros no hemos ido a Chicago. Quiero irme a Chicago, claro, porque ahí vive mi mi hijo. Está bien bonito. Está bien bonito. Me gusta mucho, pero el frío, es difícil. En En Texas también por 22 meses, padre. Lo que yo vi es que fue extreme weather. Que un día fue... 117 de calor y otro que estaba nevando por las carreteras. Oh, my gosh. (ríe) Fíjense que hace que el año pasado que anduvimos con una campaña diocesana en Green Bay y tuve que irme para allá por ocho meses y no hay vuelos directos. Mm. (ríe) Fue difícil, difícil para mí, pero... Me gusta mucho mi trabajo, entonces, fue un Qué placer. Bueno. Sí. Okay, me, me notaron que nos van a... Okay, muchas disculpas que no pudieron entrar los demás. Okay, entonces nos vamos a, a, a ir al otro cuarto. Okay. Padre, ¿tienes alguna pregunta? Espero claro que voy a mandarte unos detalles sobre el text to give.
8: Okay, yeah, vamos de eso sí si tiene información envíemela porque nosotros ciertamente sí estamos haciendo online giving pero el text no no sabía nada no sé
3: este no. Cintia, uh, no sabes cuánto cobran el uh, Faith Direct o los los otros no, no sabes no porque yo sé que es como un add-on de sí. online giving so, no 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 sé en realidad no sé padre qué usas para el online giving ahorita
8: e offering
3: e offering no
8: he oído a ese. Ah, oh, es... Um, I don't know.
3: Popular in, in,
9: in Texas?
0: I guess. Well, that's our show this week. Take care, everyone, and thanks again for all you do to advance the mission of our church. God bless.